baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Brian Mazurowski here with you on WBEN. Thanks for hanging out with me until 10 o'clock. I'm here with you. Taking you through uh, the news of the day on uh, WBEN. And, uh, hey, we have some uh, a few different tickets to give away. We have, you know, this is the first time I'm seeing this, Jim. This is one of our best giveaways ever. We're going we're gonna to give away some tickets. I, If we could hold on to some and give me some, let's not give them all away to the listeners. But... Uh, <laughs> I'd like some. The uh, to give you a little uh, taste, Outlaw Music Festival coming up. I'm uh, I'm excited to give those away. Uh, but first, uh, open the news and open up the uh, the papers and the reports of what we're having today. And uh, oh oh boy, here we are. It's another day. It's another story. Um, uh, Poo pooing the idea of a new Bills stadium from the Investigative Post, who uh, seems to have it out for the idea of keeping the Bills here in Buffalo. I mean, at this point, it would be maybe better and more forthcoming to run a headline at the top of the site. You know, we are against keeping the Bills in Buffalo, building a new stadium, because that would, you know, then everything would start to kind of fall in line and uh, make sense. But they have a new thing out. I mean, we went through one in depth last week. They have a new uh, post on the Bills stadium issue, <clears throat> the headline is enough, smart reads on the Bills Stadium. I would describe the entire post as something completely opposite, but uh, they call it smart reads on the Bills Stadium uh, where they uh, you know, they go through a lot of different articles. Uh, they start with the Citizens Budget Commission. They said on Monday they came out in favor with an idea that, uh, according to the investigative post, is bound to go nowhere because it makes too much sense. Based the state's investment on a new Bill Stadium on the actual benefits it would produce for taxpayers. They quoted this from the State uh, Citizens Budget Commission. All economic development spending, whether direct through tax incentives or through reduced utility or other costs, should be justified by a rigorous analysis that shows that the public benefits that would occur will exceed the public's costs. And, of course, the investigative post saying, well, this would never happen. Um, They said in the story, of course, Governor Kathy Hochul wants no part of an objective cost-benefit analysis because it would determine there's not anywhere close to a billion-dollar benefit to be had. And to that, I would say, well, of course, that's wrong. Uh, Per a study commissioned by the state, part of it was determining what the economic impact of the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo were. it, It says right here in the study. It was released to everywhere. I don't know how they didn't get the memo. The presence of the bills is estimated to generate approximately $27 million in net new total fiscal impacts for the city, county, and state every single year. Most of that is related to personal income tax, primarily related to the bill's team payroll, which gives the state 
about $20 million per year for the state of New York. Now, what do you do? Assume a 30-year lifespan for the stadium? Let's say that $27 million in fiscal impact never changes, although it will go up because salaries will go up. Josh Allen's salary is going up quite a bit. Unfortunately for him, he's going to have to pay quite a bit more taxes. But that's an eventual return of uh, over $800 million without the salaries going up, which, again, they will. The salary cap will be $208.2 million this year. That's up from $182.5 million. It'll continue to climb. They have new television deals signed last summer. Uh, big boost expected in 2023. And those are just the measurables, not including you know people who... Uh, play here, make a bunch of money here, buying houses, spending money in Western New York, anyone who sells, bills football, and all of that stuff. So while this new investigative post story says that the, they will go nowhere near a cost-benefit analysis, that's it's already taken place. It was released last year in that Bill's Stadium report. Uh, it, you had to read a little while before you got to it. But no, investigative post in this story... Continuing to pretend the concept of lost tax revenue does not exist, right? Because that's what they're doing here. Uh, they claim that from the story, this stadium and arena development produces little economic benefit, usually about as much as a single department store. The most outrageous claim I've ever seen, and they're repeating it here again. It was silly the first time. It's silly the second time. Uh, not at all taking into account what would be lost if the Bills did leave Western New York. Uh, they continue, this is, again, their smart reads on a Bills stadium. It says, and I always find this laughable when people will accuse politicians of this, because it's the one time you can say it where if it's true, it's a good thing. Uh, the investigative post says, for the governor and Erie County Executive Mark Polencars, the only math that matters is the votes they fear they would lose if the Bills don't get a new stadium and move the franchise. So in other words, if I could paraphrase that in my own words, that's to say the investigative post believes the idea of building a stadium and keeping the Bills here is popular. God forbid the government spends money in ways that voters want to see. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Come on. But the only math that matters is the votes. Yeah, you're right. If it's popular, it will be popular at the voting booth. These politicians believe it's popular. Isn't that what we want at the end of the day? Whether it's a good or bad investment, you want your elected officials to do what is most popular amongst the citizens. That's what they're doing here, and the Post would say it's a, it's a bad thing. They later look at, they go to another smart read. Uh, they look at the Syracuse Post Standard, an article that claims, Pagula has threatened to move the team out of Buffalo if he doesn't get enough public funding for the new stadium. New York should call his bluff. Now that links to a report in September that's been rebuked or maybe not rebuked, at the very least denied by the team that there was ever any direct threat of moving the team. And listen, Pagula hasn't threatened to move the team because he doesn't have to. 
Why would he threaten some? It's written on the wall. It's simply the reality of the NFL. They require communities to pony up to take part. And that's not what anyone wishes, but it is the world that we live in. And, you know, think about that. Out of the Syracuse Post Standard, when they say New York should call their bluff, call their bluff, that's easy for someone downstate or outside of the Bills, you know, sphere of influence to say, right? If I lived in Topeka, I'd be reading these stories and say, you know what, New York said, call their bluff, yeah. You know why I'd say that? Because I don't care. And the same goes from this guy writing the paper in Syracuse. If the Bills leave, what does he care? He didn't care in the first place. These are the voices that try to claim that they know best. They have no connection at all to Western New York, the team, the area, to what people are thinking. So think about that. That's the smart read. The smart read is somebody who has no connection to the area saying, yeah, call their bluff. See what happens. And you know why I say that? Because I don't care what happens. I don't think that's a smart read. And then finally, they go to a story in the Washington Post that details a very different approach the state of Maryland is taking in an effort to keep uh, the Washington Commanders in the state when the team's lease runs out at FedEx Stadium in 2027. Uh, So, you know, part one, you have to think, okay, Maryland trying desperately to keep the team in Maryland. Why would they try desperately to keep the team in Maryland? It's a it's a Washington team, right? They're the Washington football team or commanders now. Uh, some people want them inside D.C. proper. And I should mention again, by the way, we're now comparing a city with almost 700,000 people to a city with 250,000 people, D.C. to Buffalo. But, you know, beside the point... They never asked the question, oh, why would Maryland care if they played inside the state limits or just outside the state limits? They care because the team brings money to the state. Or else they'd say, yeah, it doesn't matter to us. Move it just outside of our state line. It'll make no difference. But it does make a difference. They don't ask the question of why Maryland is going through hoops in an effort to keep the Washington Commanders playing in their state instead of moving to D.C. Uh, The investigative post says that it's the opposite of what New York and Erie County are doing with the Bills by building, of course, a huge five-mile corridor of economic development. They want a mini-city around them. Uh, you have a hotel, a convention center, shopping, an on-site sports book, which would be illegal here in New York State, by the way. No. Just <laughs> um, and, you know, develop, ancillary development, that's what they want. Again, you, the stadium does have to come first before any ancillary development happens. And then there's Jim Heaney on the post uh, writing about you know some of these community benefit agreements 
that have been pitched. We've heard from State Senator Sean Ryan earlier this week. This community benefit agreement is likely going to be, there's somewhat of that language likely to be included in whatever deal there is. But, uh, and it would benefit black-owned neighborhoods, according to uh, the Post. Black-owned businesses, majority black neighborhoods. And Jim Hemi writes, Of course, there are no black neighborhoods near the Bills' proposed stadium, the Pagula's demanding Orchard Park. How he knows they're demanding Orchard Park, by the way, I have no idea. I've never heard that there was a demand for Orchard Park. Just that that seemed to be the most reasonable aspect. If you're complaining about spending money, that would be the cheapest. If you need it done in a timely fashion, that would be the way to go. And that's why it's Orchard Park. But, you know, Investigative Post seems to believe that there's no black homes in the south towns of western New York. That's their smart read on the situation. And someone on the text board, 803-0930, if you want to join me today, and say, well, now ECC getting moved out. I mean, they're not moved out entirely, right? But they are moving a lot of classes, a lot of right a lot of things out of that south campus enrollment has been an issue there how long is that south campus there for because as of right now you can't build five miles of development around a proposed stadium there's a school right there will there be a school in the future we'll see then maybe you can start talking about that but i i do love the thinking that you know oh we we are so against a billion-dollar project. I want a project that's a, a $5 billion project. I, it, it just doesn't seem to make sense for me. So the, that's their rundown of smart reads on the Bills Stadium. Is a commission calling for something that kind of already exists. Somebody from out of town saying, call their bluff, what do I care? And then a comparison to a city that's over twice the size as Buffalo. Real smart reads. Hey, let's go to the phones. 803-0930. Jim in Hamburg. You're on WBEN. Uh, Jim, what are you thinking when you hear about those smart reads? Well, I think basically everybody can understand that the bills are actually a business. You have the emotional part with the sports venue. But any business that's run strictly on emotion usually goes broke. So that's something for everybody to ponder. And, you know... It's Buffalo, how big is the venue? You have to weigh that all out. If you were running the business, is it worthwhile staying here or going someplace else where you can make twice as much money? Great to keep them here. I'd like to keep them here. But, you know, you just have to look at the cold, hard facts. That's it. Jim, thanks for the call. Uh, 803-0930 if you want to join. I, I, you know, Jim kind of hints toward it, but there's a reason why. You know, you can bring up L.A. all you want and say that – you know, L.A., well, look at this. This is privately financed. Now, of course, we're ignoring any publicly financed infrastructure that goes into it, like, a you know, a whole rail line to bring people from the airport to the new stadium. That's not privately financed. But L.A. is not Buffalo. You know, to Jim's point, when smaller markets like Buffalo want to play, again, I'm not saying this is right 
I'm just saying this is reality. When smaller markets have uh, want to play, the mode of the NFL, and not just the Bills, you know, not just Cincinnati or Baltimore or something, the attitude of the NFL is, well, you're going to have to basically pony up for the privilege of being an NFL city. And again, that's that's not me saying that's right. That's just kind of what, what it is. And, and as Jim said, that's the reality of the situation that's at hand. If you dig a little deeper, I you know, again, a lot of this is maybe spin. Maybe it's spin on my part. If you dig a little deeper, I think there's far worse investments that a state makes than in a bill stadium. Right? You know, let's go back to the smart reads. Oh, there should be an objective cost-benefit analysis. The investigative post says they want no part of it. Well, the state-issued stadium report did that. <laughs> they said, in money that we can count with our, you know, take a lick, flip through. Intangible money that, you know, we can really count. $27 million a year. Over 30 years, that's over $800 million. It's about what the investment is. And $27 million a year, that's going to go up and up because most of that is tax revenue on players' salaries that increase. So it, it will maybe, in the long run, pay itself off. And then you have the ancillary impact of you know people buying houses. Anything that sells something Buffalo football, bars on game day, red, white, and blue all over town. You know, that's, again, that might be just a way of spinning it on my part. But when I see a post titled Smart Reads on a Bill Stadium, it never seems to mention any of that. Always seems to be lacking. That maybe if the post was titled, Smart reads if you're against a Bills stadium. That would make a little bit more sense. Because then you could just take everything, bring it to, you know, the next time you have a family get-together, run down the list, right? This, 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 and this. That's why I'm against it. And that's what that read like to me, at least. Anyways, just another day, another hit on the Bills stadium uh, from the investigative post. I mentioned we have tickets. Get this. If you're caller at number 5 and 6 into 644-9875, uh, you're going to win a pair of tickets to the Outlaw Music Festival, which I didn't even know. I missed this announcement. Willie Nelson, ZZ Top, Zach Bryan, Charlie Crockett, War Treaty, all coming to Darien Lake Sunday, August 14th. The show starts at 4 p.m. Tickets go on sale this Friday, 10 a.m., LiveNation.com. It's all courtesy of Live Nation and WBEN. Caller number 5 and 6, 644-9875. You are getting a pair of tickets to go to the Outlaw Music Festival. That's a cool festival. Willie Nelson, ZZ Top, and much more. I mean, that's a pretty cool prize. 5 and 6, 644 to win. You're listening to uh, Brian Mazurowski. I'm on Beam Maz and Beamer on WBEN. Back here, Beam Maz and Beamer. 
Brian Mazarowski on WBEN. And we are, uh, you know, blinded by the light. We'll get to that in a moment. It's uh, a lot of people think we're blinded by emotion talking about this stadium deal. You know, somebody uh, chiming in on our tax board, 803-0930, if you want to be part of the conversation today. Uh, someone's saying when people are emotionally involved with the negotiation process, they're weak. That's why they say the person looking at it from Syracuse is right. The emotion's out of it. Things are more clear for a business perspective. I think when you're talking about something like the bills, I, emotion is part of it. I, I hate to say it, it's a huge part of it. If emotion wasn't part of it, everyone would say leave, right? If emotion wasn't part of it, if nobody cared, then why would we care about any of our teams? It's a huge part of it, emotion. That's why I, I don't like it. You know, yesterday, you have a person from Albany asking the governor a question. Oh, is this the time to be uh, spending? Who knows nothing about the situation, nothing about the team? If the Bills moved to Timbuktu tomorrow, she would not care. And the same can be said for this guy who's uh, writing about, you know, call their bluff. I don't want this discussion to be driven by people who don't care about Western New York. I don't, you don't have to care about the bills. You have to care about Western New York, though. That's why I want in the driver's seat of this discussion. Speaking of the driver's seat, uh, you know, there's a very interesting recall that we were talking about earlier this morning. General Motors is recalling more than 740,000 GMC terrain SUVs in the U.S. because the headlight beams can be too bright, causing glare for oncoming drivers. The recall comes after federal regulators turned down a request from the automaker not to issue one. But the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration says reflections in the headlight housings can illuminate some areas with too much light, and that can increase the risk of a crash. GM says it will notify owners in early April, but the automaker says it hasn't come up with a repair yet. Daria Albinger, ABC News. All right, so a recall because of lights that are just too bright. They're blinding drivers on the other side of the road. And I heard this this morning and I said, all right, so they're recalling some GMC terrains. When is that recall coming for me? Because I, what, is this 50% of the cars that you see on the road nowadays that have headlights that blind you and send you off the road because you just can't see anymore. It is a growing problem. The uh, National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, all the way back in 2001, was seeking uh, comments from the public about glare. And it issued a report that said, of the 4,000 responses it received, being blinded by those incoming Lights were uh, a big part of that. The New York Times wrote about this recently. They said it's not just older drivers complaining. You might think that. Like, ah, you get older, your eyesight goes just a little bit. My wife's accusing me of that as well. Well, the report said uh, 11% of those who rated oncoming glare as disturbing were older than 65 45% were between 35 and 54. And drivers 18 to 24 complained about glare too, but they mostly complained about glare from vehicles behind them. And then the, uh, that same article quotes Daniel Stern. He's chief editor of Driving Vision News. This is some 
type of issue, and you know it's a big issue, when it has its own publication, Driving Vision News. I never knew this existed. But he's quoted in this article saying, tall pickups and SUVs and short, small cars are simultaneously popular. And this is where it comes from, the dispute. The eyes in the low car are getting zapped hard by the lamps mounted up high in the SUV or truck every single time. About half of the registered passenger vehicles in the U.S. are SUVs or pickup trucks. Now, how about this? Is this an issue for you? You're driving at night. I cannot stand driving at night. And I'm not. I'm going to the uh, Sabres game a little bit later on tonight. I'm not looking forward to driving home because it's going to be wet, too. That's the worst. Nighttime rain and the headlights coming from the other direction. It makes it hard to see. And I learned about this over the weekend that I'm not the only one. There are upticks in people going to optometrists for blue light filtering glasses. Now, those are made generally for people who work in front of a computer all day. But more and more people are using them while driving at night on the roads. They're not, you know, magnifying glasses or reading glasses, but they filter out blue lights right when, uh, which is, you know, basically what is used in these LEDs that hit you from the other way. The LEDs measure 3,000 to 4,000 lumens. Now, I don't know about you, but that means absolutely nothing to me. I don't know what a lumen is. Uh, but when you compare it to the old style, you know, headlights that you used to be able to easily take in and out, that's about 1,000 to 1,500 lumens. So you're looking at double, triple, quadruple the amount of light that's hitting you in the face. And when you're in a small car and you've got a truck or an SUV coming the other way, watch out. The Insurance Institute for Highway Safety evaluates headlights for safety, but their criteria for doing so only really considers visibility from the driver of the vehicle on which the headlights are mounted. They don't consider oncoming drivers. I got some people asking, how old am I? Now, maybe this is a problem for me more so than others. I have my left eye. I, I can barely see any. If I close my right eye, I am in trouble. I got this gigantic text board in front of me. A big clock, too. A huge sign that tells me I am in the Aesthetic Associates Center WBEN studio. If I close my right eye, I can't read any of it. I can see that there's a couple people moving behind the glass. I don't know who it, they are. I can tell there's a big TV. I have no idea what's on it. So maybe this is, you know, for me, more so of a problem than for anybody else because I've got that big, I don't know, glare in the left eye, which is the eye that faces oncoming traffic more so, right? Uh, but, you know, people chiming in, you can too, 803-0930 on our text board or give me a call. Uh, someone's saying, I guess they'd rather run people over who walk in the street uh, instead of uh, an SUV coming the other way or something like that. I, 
I will say there is a huge difference. And I noticed it when I got into my new car and it has, you know, the new headlights like everything else. It is a huge difference on what I can see in the road compared to my old car when I was driving. My, I can, my field of vision is so much better. I see the deer so much clearer when I'm coming in here early in the morning. But going the other way, I, it's like blinding. It's bad. When it's, you're on some street, it's at night, it's raining, you have traffic coming the other way, you can barely see what lane you're in. Now, I, there's a couple things with this that might make you more susceptible. I was doing a little research. If you have blue eyes you might be more sensitive to this light than people who have darker eyes. I didn't know this. This is according to Duke University. Photophobia is a term used to describe light sensitivity. That impacts people with light eyes because they have less pigmentation in multiple layers of the eye than those with darker eyes. And because of that, they can't block out the effects of harsh lights like sunlight and some of these blinding headlights that are out there. So if you have blue eyes, you might be feeling this a little bit more than somebody who has dark eyes. And there's something called the Las Vegas effect, which you know you can probably guess what that means. When your field of vision is so polluted by glare and distracting light, your brain will have a hard time keeping focused on something like a pedestrian in the crosswalk. So while your lights are shining on that person better, The lights coming the other way might distract you from it. A lot of people chiming in on our text board saying that this is an issue for them to pick up trucks are the worst. Um, the purpose of the blue lights that people drive around with, I don't like that. To me, those are those aren't glaring. Those just don't even work. And someone said they thought it was because they're 59 now and headlight glare is a problem. I, it's, listen, right out of this report, it's not just older drivers. It's, you know, my age, people younger too. Neil, you're on WBEN. Are you blinded by the headlights? Yeah, I'm blinded by the light. I'm surprised you guys didn't play that song at the bump. We did, coming in. Oh, I missed it. All right. Um, I, uh, I do not like these lights. I mean, I have a full... Uh, KC set up uh, off-road pack light package on my truck with a set of uh, fog lights that are only to be used when there's nobody coming at you. I mean, these things are like crazy. It'll light, it'll light up the entire uh, um, entire view around you, and they're mostly used for like driving out west. You know, when you're driving in, a, you know, late at night and you got to see for a long ways. But they're actually really good on 17 late at night or 86 late at night because you can see the deer coming from about a quarter mile away. But you have to shut them down when, when, when people come at you. You can't blind the drivers coming at you. And most of these new cars have these they're, – they're crazy, crazy bright lights. Now, Neil, here's the problem. I mean, the crazy bright lights, I think, are becoming more and more standard. Have you ever been in a situation – and this has happened to me. It used to never happen. But over the last couple of years, it's happened a lot. You're driving down a road at night, you know, it's one lane each direction. Uh, it's pretty calm. And you have a car coming the other way. You're like, whoa, you know, the lights. And you flash your high beams at them just to be like, hey, buddy, you, you know, can you turn your high beams off when you're coming at me? And then 
they in return go, oh, you think this is bright? You ain't seen nothing yet. And flash their high beams at you. And like, wow, I, I, how you get even brighter than that? I believe, I believe that's against the law. You're not supposed to flash your lights at other drivers unless it's an emergency situation or you're trying to warn them of something. Yeah, I'm warning them that their high beams are on. <laughs> you're, and you're blinding me. Neil, thanks for the call. Um, no, that happens to me all the time now, more so than ever, ever, ever did before, where you're, you're riding down the road, you got someone coming in, and you're like, man, you're bl- I can't see a thing. Your lights are so bright. And what you do with the little tap of your high beams, like, hey, man, your high beams are on. You're supposed to turn them off when a car is coming in the other direction. <laughs> and then they, they pull that move. They, they do the same thing to you. Like, these aren't my high beams. These are these are just my regular lights. And I wish I could say, well, can you change them? They're crushing me here on the road. Now, the crazy, you know, lights, obviously there's a reason for it if you're the driver. Because if you're the driver, you're going in one direction. I mean, you can see much better. I said that. Uh, the blue light, get this, I... The blue headlights, because it's blue light, you hear this a lot about your phone and TV, but it's the same type of light coming out of your headlights. They might also keep you from falling asleep at the wheel. Just like how they say it interrupts your circadian uh, rhythm when you're sleeping with a TV on or something like that, the headlights might actually have the same effect, which late at night might actually be a good thing. But, I mean, whew, going the other way, I, I think it's worse, and it's a worse problem. Now there's a recall on GMC. I want to see how bright those GMC lights are on these terrains that have been recalled and compare them to everything else. Because I don't think it's just GMC terrains that I'm seeing on the road all day. Uh, you're... Texts coming in to the Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board. Uh, Someone said, one lumen equals the output of one candle. So we're talking about 4,000 candles. Uh, Just blaring at you with one of these blue lights. Someone, uh, you know, adding credence to blue eyes, hating the headlights, coming at you. And cars with auto bright lights that don't always dim in time. Yeah, I could see that being... A little bit of an issue. Uh, Craig, you're on WBEN. I, oh, hi. Is, is this a problem for you? Oh, yes. I've, uh, I'm, I'm really happy that you're talking about it because newer cars, uh, they do have bright lights. I don't know if it's because of the LEDs or not, but the thing about it, and I really have a gripe, it is uh, there's a law about uh, in the books for high beams and low beams. And when I looked at that law many years ago, all it said was if they're dazzling. And it seems kind of foolish to use a word like dazzling. They should have a lumens factor on it, and the law should be just uh, taking note of it and get it, getting light meters and, and giving tickets out for them. They are too bright. Hey, Craig, appreciate the call. I mean, it's not just the lumen part, right? I, I think it's the type of light. You show me like a really bright 
old school style light bulb and it's fine. You look at an LED light that you know, flashlight that could shine in your face and you know, whoa. You got that like temporary blindness from being hit by the light. Someone on the text board saying, you know, I drive a Chevy Tahoe. Everyone thinks I have my high beams on when they're just regular lights. I get flashed all the time. Probably by me. Sorry. <laughs> but it, it just seems that way. I I think it's I think it's gonna be a, a bigger hazard as these lights are, you know, more and more. Anyone driving in a lower car, and I will say, ever since I'm in an SUV, it's a it's a little better. I'm not as low to the ground. I'm not eye level with everyone's headlights that are getting higher and higher. The headlights shouldn't be that high, by the way. You stand next to some of these trucks. They go up to your chin, and the headlights are right there with them. That's right at eye level. Rob in Lockport, you're on WBEN. Uh, what do you think, Rob? Good morning, Brian. Hey, uh, three quick things about your topic. You're half my age, and you don't like to drive at night, you know, Uh and, you know, years ago, headlight adjustments used to be part of your your state uh, car inspection. Okay. The third one, and the third one, remember the fog we had a few days ago, real thick fog? Yeah. No one uses fog lights, though. Oh, I had people coming uh, out here in Lockport with no lights on. <laughs> no lights whatsoever? You're not supposed to turn them off. You know, I mean, it was morning, but it's still there it was a dense fog, and they didn't have lights on. So, you know, it's one or the other, I guess. You know. Yeah. No, Rob, I I hear that. I'm uh, I know I'm not alone. People will make fun of me. Oh, young guys already complained about driving at night. Listen, it's not me. Somebody said, "Hey, get LASIK." I can't. I got. Uh, it's not. I, I'm pretty sure it's macular degeneration in my uh, left eye. It's not good to have. They had, I had a, which at this point, a decade later, is still considered experimental procedure done to my right eye. It worked like a charm. The FDA still hasn't approved it. It works like a charm in everybody. Still isn't approved by the FDA. I, my left eye, I couldn't get it. You can only get one eye done, the study, just in case. <laughs> my God. Well, I hope it works because you're doing it on my good eye. So, yeah, I mean, maybe part of it is my eyes. But when I'm seeing all these people online, and, by the way, new law, finally, lawmakers giving the green light for adaptive driving headlights, which have been standard in Europe for some time. I know it's not just me out there who is just getting blasted by these headlights every single day. Hey, thanks for hanging out with me today. I'll be back tomorrow. Got to go, uh, I'll be a little tired. I got to go see Sidney Crosby when he's here. It's like, uh, it's like seeing the Rolling Stones. You never know when it's going to be the last time. He's getting up there. A whole, like, 35 years old or whatever. Uh, but I'll be back here tomorrow. Be Madison Beamer on WBEN. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 